Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain! And now your host, he's one part mohawk, two parts attitude, and a touch of what the f***, it's Al Mancini! Welcome to Top of the Food Chain. I'm your host, Al Mancini. What Scott forgot to mention there is I'm one part Mohawk, two parts attitude, and three parts cholesterol after this week. God, I've been eating so much. If I eat any more this week, you're honestly going to have to get a widescreen. Can we shoot in widescreen format, Scott? Because that's... Anything you, sir. Anything for you. I am going to be Mr. Widescreen after the eating. Vegas Uncorked was in town. I will be chatting about that in just a minute. Um, but first, one more time, I want to welcome our sponsor, Bread and Butter, back to the show. So thrilled to have these guys. Um, Chris Heron, the owner of Bread and Butter, one of this town's finest bakers, running an incredible bakery and sandwich shop over there in Henderson on Eastern Avenue. Everything in there is phenomenal. Um, you know, I mean, seriously, where do you go for great bread in this town? That's where you go, especially if you're in Henderson. We also know of some other places we may be getting some great bread, but we'll be talking about that later. But Chris, thank you one more time for, um, for taking your talent off the strip and taking it into the Vegas neighborhood, something we love here at Top of the Food Chain. We will be getting started in a moment with another great, um, talented person from the strip who has left the strip and moved out into the burbs. We will be talking pastries and desserts, which means I'm going to gain another 10 pounds during this show, <laughs> with the great Megan Romano, who just um, opened up her new restaurant about two weeks ago. So that'll be coming up in a second. But first, um, I just kind of love to tell you guys what's happening behind the scenes. Usually I use my blog for that, but I've been so busy eating, I haven't had a chance to post everything that's gone on. Uh, this past week, like I said, was Vegas Uncorked. If you haven't been to a Vegas Uncorked, it's just amazing because every chef from town comes into town and they're, they're in their restaurants and, and you get to hang out with them, you get to meet them, they cook for you. They cook outside on food trucks. There was a great food truck event this year at Vegas Uncorked. Um, they, you know, the grand tasting. It's, it's just absolutely amazing. And I can't even, I can't recite all of the amazing chefs. But I, I did want to mention the great Gordon Ramsay was in town for, um, for the first time that I've seen him. He, of course, just recently opened up Gordon Ramsay Steak. And he did a nice little cooking demo for us over there. It was really cool. I got to say, the guy is a badass. Just in the middle of... Um, middle of the press conference talking about testicles and all kinds of crazy stuff and um, at the end of it the publicist actually asked Gordon, I wish I had this on tape for you, asked Gordon to, um, to hold up his beef wellington for the photographers and Gordon just looked at him and said, yeah I'm sorry I don't do cheese. So no post pictures from him. He was very cool. Also Nobu Matsuhisa was here. Um, he was revealing plans for the new Nobu Hotel that's going to be opening at Caesars Palace. And that, that was a great press conference. Again, I'll hopefully have details up on my website soon. But big news that I found out from him, if anybody's curious, they will not be closing the Nobu at the Hard Rock. Nobu at the Hard Rock will be staying open. The Nobu Hotel, which is really just a small tower at Caesars Palace, that will be opening. And all of the food in the Nobu Hotel is going to be um, created by Nobu. I mean, basically, Nobu for room service. That is just, you know, that's absolutely cool. And finally, I touched on this last week, but um, you know, last Thursday, and I just got this interview up yesterday at almancini.net, um, I had the time to chat with Wolfgang Puck. And he was here celebrating 20 years of Spago. 
And, you know, we spoke, I, I spoke to him for about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes maybe about it. And it's just amazing to think, you know, there, there was nothing. He talks about coming to town to see prize fights with Sylvester Stallone and they couldn't find a decent place to eat. And it's hard to believe that was 20 years ago here in Las Vegas. And, you know, I think if anybody's a foodie out there, it's really important to remember just how much Wolfgang Puck did by opening Spago. Um, and, and he actually was the guy that went in, and this is all in the, in the interview, who actually went in and convinced the folks at the MGM that they needed Emeril Lagasse. And then he went to Emeril Lagasse and convinced Emeril that he needed to come to Vegas. So, you know, he's just an absolutely amazing guy. Hats off to, um, and congratulations to Wolfgang Puck. In the meantime, we are talking desserts and talking about taking them off the strip to the neighborhoods in just about 30 seconds. You know, one of the things I like best about the Vegas Video Network are the people. There are no divas here. Everyone is exactly the same off camera as they are on. Hey, Oz, what's uh, Cocktail of the Week this week? You know what? I'll let you know what it is when it's time for you to know what it is. Why don't you get off the stage and get back in your production hall? Oh, my God. You know what? And tell Cheap Ass Whitney to get us some decent brand liquor. This hobo off-wrap crap ain't cutting it. God, idiots. Totally. And welcome back to Top of the Food Chain. And here to fatten me up just a little bit more um, here on the Vegas Video Network, Megan Romano, one of the great pastry chefs and dessert chefs in this town. Megan, how are you? Thank you so Good. much for coming. Thanks for having it's me. It's absolutely great to see you. Great seeing you. I've been seeing you a lot lately. You have been. Yep. We I saw can't you stay away from your new place. I love it. I love it. It's, uh, I want to give people a little background. You know, it's, it, it was kind of funny. Last year, I helped Desert Companion um, compile their restaurant awards. Right. And we named you Pastry Chef of the Year. It was great. I get, did a nice little interview with you. And yes. I sent it off to my editor, and we sent it to print. And then it was just about to come out, and you were at Ariole at the time. The right. Wonderful Charlie, Charlie Palmer restaurant in Mandalay Bay, the place with all the wine angels, if you guys are familiar. Um, but the real reason I always went to Ariole was to eat your desserts. Thank and you. One of the few Thank places I go specifically for dessert, because I'm not a huge dessert person. Right, I know that, and that's good to know. Uh, but so it came out, the, the issue, and you were no longer at Ariole I, suddenly. Funny enough, I know. It was uh, funny timing, so... Did you? They they gave you a nice plaque. Did you get to keep it, or I, did I Charlie no, keep it? No, I got the plaque. I did take oh. that with me. Okay, cool. I didn't um, notice it when I was in your store today. Oh, yeah, I, I have yet to put it up. Come on. I know. I will. We give you a plaque. We I want know, to see I it should, on the walls. <laughs> like you don't have a million other things. To I, worry it's been about. busy. Just been open for a week, so it's been a little crazy getting it all together. And so everyone's wondering all out, all over Las Vegas. You know, where is Megan Romano going? You know, she she left Ariel suddenly, and we'll talk about why. But just okay. to let people know right now, you are now at Chocolate and Spice, Chocolate it, and Spice Bakery. It's you and your husband. Yep, family business. We did it on our own. And that is over um, by Sahara and Tanea. Correct. 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 And it's kind of facing away from Sahara. Like, it is. It's a little tricky to find. Um, it's a southeast corner of Sahara and Tanea. Um, and it's in a just nice center, um, so we're enjoying being there. So it's a bakery, but I mean, it's not, you know, like we talk about bakeries, and, and people think about the breads and the bagels and the right. rolls and you know, the great croissants and things like that, things like our, our sponsor Chris Heron does over across right, town. Great, great stuff. But you are as much a baker, you are a pastry chef, and you're making all this stuff that, that's sitting in front of us here that's just incredible. I mean, these, these bonbons and I mean, just... You know, we just did some of a lot of things. Um, 
um, I'm, I consider myself a chef first in a lot of ways. Um, trained as a chef, and uh, funny enough, I didn't want to be a pastry chef for the longest time until Charlie Palmer said, you're going to go to Las Vegas, and the job I have for you is a pastry chef. So um, we have a lot more savory items than you might expect. Um, we have all the pastries, lunch items, breakfast items, threw in chocolates, custom cakes. So, so you're, um, you do sandwiches, for example. I had a great sandwich there for lunch. Do you make all the breads and everything in-house? Um, we make some of the breads. Actually, we're doing the sandwich breads from Bond Breads. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to do it all, and we decided to go with um, uh, chocolates and custom cakes and pastries. So um, we're going to take on more as we go. Now, now, you say you were originally a savory chef, which I, I get professionally you were, but you write in your book, by the way, which we have, it's called It's a Sweet Life, excellent book by Megan Romano, Thank and you. we'll talk more about this. But you mentioned your first um, job as a chef, so to speak, was making cakes when you were 12 years old. Yeah, I, um, I, I uh, had a sweet tooth and I baked a lot at home, and then I just started a little business of my own uh, when I was in high school and just started making cakes, and that kind of... Uh, carried over. And then you you got this great job, not with Charlie Palmer, but with Charlie Trotter. Like, you just sort of walked, you, you went to it was, college it was and no, crazy. no culinary no, background. No, not at all. And I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I went through four years, and to this day, my parents wanted to be known that I did graduate, because they you know, were <laughs> helpful and financially in that. Um, and then just got out of school and was thinking, you know, uh, the business world just didn't seem like it was a good fit. So I uh, walked into a restaurant, asked for a job at a little French place, and he said, uh, go around the corner, this guy might be hiring. And I just had the nerve to walk in, handed my resume, and he, he called my bluff that night, said, come on down, and uh, started stodging from there. And this is the great Charlie Trotter, yeah. I mean, one yeah. of the most you know, famous chefs right. in America, and you know, amazing. So, so I, yeah, I just subjected did myself Did you know what the to, hell you were doing mm, in his not at all. kitchen? They, would, they, would, um, they would say, go to the walk-in and get salsa fee. And I said, man, I hope there's like a label in there or something <laughs> that can help me out. <laughs> Because I would go in there and I'd disappear for a little while. And they're like, we better go get her. She has no idea what it you, is. You ever come out with just the wrong stuff and just, here it yeah, is? Yeah, this this is... I just came out. I'm like, I just, I'm not going to find it. I got no clue, man. And that I'm was sorry. true of uh, you know, Brazil nuts, all sorts of things. So it was just a tremendous learning curve. Um, I you know, cut the tips off all my fingers, uh, got some nice burns. So... <laughs> they grew back, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So they, they do grow back. They so. do grow back. Um, but yeah, it was pretty crazy. A uh, year and a half there. So now you came out to, then of course you went to work for Charlie Palmer. Right. And you worked at Ariel in New York. You moved around and you opened his restaurant here in 1999. And you were there for 12 years. 12 years. What made you decide to leave? Um, you know, it was, it was, I was there for a long time, given a lot of freedom. I self-published a cookbook. Um, I was going to do a shop there and um, didn't, didn't go in the direction I wanted it to. Um, so I figured it was, it was time for me to move on, and there was some politics involved, so we all decided to part ways. Politics involved. Well, you know, yeah. I'm going to want to ask you about that because... Um, Can I open gonna, the door for that, huh? Well, yeah, you did. We're going to have to cut to another break, but I'll tell you, when, um, when we come back, before we get into... We've got some great cooking tips for the home cook that are coming up right after this break, but before we get into that, I want to know the dirt. Because there was some dirt going there was, on. There was a little bit of dirt. Right around the yeah. time that you left Ariel. So all my friends at um, all my friends out there at MGM Resorts, you're going to be pissed at me, but <laughs> we'll be back. Traditional media believes that after about three minutes, you'll tune out. Most Vegas media companies think if it doesn't jiggle, you won't tune in. At the Vegas Video Network, we think both are wrong. 
The Vegas Video Network is the first and only live online broadcast network that specializes in insider news and expert views about Vegas. We combine great storytelling with the ability to watch when and where you want on your computer, mobile device, or television. Discover the real Las Vegas. Visit VegasVideoNetwork.com. And we're back on top of the food chain on the Vegas Video Network with Megan Romano. Um, we're going to start spilling dirt in just a second. Hopefully that means you are in the live chat room right now. Um, if not, get in there because we can take um, live chat questions immediately and feed them right to Megan. Question for a future show, um, email it to me, food at VegasVideoNetwork.com. In the meantime, you can hear, you can find all of our stuff all over the network, VegasVideoNetwork.com, Roku, we're everywhere, YouTube, iTunes, and you can listen to all of our programming every Friday night on KSHP, 1400 AM. And finally, if you want to leave an audio message, click the little thing on the right-hand side of your screen, and you can do that. Did I get all of those out of the way, Scott? Yeah, which one did you think? Which one did you have money on me for getting? Well, we thought you were going to miss a voicemail one, but you got it. I got it. I got it, man. So, Megan, seriously, there was a little bit of, I mean, it, it just seemed very odd. You know, Ariel, very, very well-known restaurant. Right. Impeccable reputation, and suddenly, partially because one of the best pastry chefs in town, also one of the best sommeliers in town, William Scherer. Yes. Both of you just seem to kind of disappear around the same time, which really got people thinking, "What's going on?" Um, they, you know, they decided to go in a different direction. In all honesty, and um, they uh, just decided to, I think, lighten the the, um, the salaried positions. So that was a pretty. Um, Pretty shocking turn of events, in all honesty, um, after 16 years with the Charlie Palmer group. Um, but, you know, things happen for a reason, and um, I'd been working on new projects for a long time, and that was, you know, probably a good time, because it was the final push I needed to go do my own thing. Well, that's, yeah, so no. I can probably thank him for that. Well, the rest of Vegas, and especially people that live over in the Summerlin area, can definitely thank him. Thank you, Charlie, yeah, because... Thanks. You canned her, but now we have her, and that's better because now I don't have to go pay his prices for your food anymore. Right, and I'm happy we, d we did it on our own, and we um, put together a project that we've been dreaming about for a long time. So, so um, in, in your book, It's a Sweet Life, you know, this is a great primer for people that want to cook desserts. I don't do pastry or desserts or anything yeah. at home because it's kind of scary. I mean, it's not like, oh, let's throw a little of this in, let me taste right. it. You know, it, it's very specific. You have five basics. I mean, you, you go through tons of basics in this book, but you have five at the very beginning of the book. We're going to throw them up on the screen really quickly. And, um, okay, these seem kind of simple. Read the recipe, measure ingredients, choose your pan, prepare your pan, and then cooking temperatures. Can you explain? I mean, this it almost sounds stupid, read the recipe. Right. It, it does seem a little simple, but um, um, it's just reading the recipe, gathering your ingredients, making sure you don't forget something major. Um, and then after you read it once, you get started. You know, it, yeah, it, it sounds kind of basic. I don't mean it sounds stupid. I should say it makes me sound stupid because I'm one of these people that a lot of times I'm going to cook at home. And so I'm just reading the recipe for, for the, the first, first time, time as I'm starting right. it, you know, right. and, and that's kind of what you mean. Like, read it before. Just read it, gather everything, because you might be missing something. I mean, it's just, it's measurement-based and ingredient-based. But beyond that, um, I try to bring it down to earth and say, you know, if something doesn't work out, um, you know, a ganache doesn't work out, it can be a fondue. So um, as long as it tastes good, that's all that matters. And you say measure your ingredients. And this is the thing, I think, that separates pastry chefs 
from right. other people, I mean, from other chefs, yeah. is, you know, I read a, a cup of something or, you know, a cup of wine in a stew, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, I pour the wine, it looks like how much I need. I like a little more wine, I throw a little more in. You can't do that with pastry, Not right? so much. You can do it as you get more comfortable and you want to um, add layers of flavor, but initially the basics you do need to measure and be pretty accurate about. So a lot of people are not, it takes a certain mentality to kind of embrace that. Right. And we have a question in the chat room, Scott. Yeah, Bill's got a good one. Bill says, I want to impress my wife with my great baking skills, which are non-existent. Yeah. <laughs> what can I make that's not too hard to create? Bill could be me. So. Okay, so uh, for you, I mean, we have some great cookie recipes. And um, there's, I, I love chocolate chip cookies, super simple. Um, the recipe's real basic. And you can take the batter, put it inside um, a ramekin, a baking dish, and uh, bake it to order and top it with ice cream for an ice cream sundae. I mean, that's like the best thing to eat, I think, is you know, cookies and ice cream. Yeah, that's, that's pretty nice. So it's a foolproof. You can't really screw it up. <laughs> I could uh, screw it up, honestly. Eh, <laughs> probably not. Um, I could screw up chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream that came from Ben and Jerry's. Somehow no, I, I managed I, to I nuke it too long you. or something like that. Um, you know, you try to soften it. But anyway, we have another question. Yeah, Scott. Will wants to know, uh, Megan, what was it like to open up your own bakery? And, and more specifically, what worried you? Oh, oh everything. Going broke? <laughs> you know, because... And, you know, reference back to uh, leaving a corporate world, um, you know, it's no longer plan A and plan B. It's just one plan and you're all in. And I think that's when things work out, when you, when you put yourself all into it and you're not just halfway. So er everything worries you because we financed it ourselves. Um, all the steps, I'm hoping you, you completed all the permitting and the licensing. Um, so pretty, pretty yeah. stressful stuff. Yeah, I and can... then, you know, I, I booked a party of 80 people um, all the way out in May thinking we'll definitely be open. And then we opened three days before the party. So things like that kind of uh, are stressful. And then you had every chef and food writer probably visit you Pretty within the, the first day. 48 hours right. that you were open. So I thought I was going to do a, a quiet opening, you know, just kind of <laughs> sneak under the radar, get open, work out the kinks. But well, Eater.com uh, and John Curtis, these guys were writing about you and showing pictures before he was you show, even Yeah, opened. he was just showing up. Uh, <laughs> so I, I kind of wanted to get in there, but it was great. It was great support. Um, definitely appreciated. Uh, a lot of chefs showed up and friends, so... One of those last pieces of advice we got about 30 seconds before we go, you talk about baking pans, how to select your pan mm -hmm. when you're cooking, and then also how to prepare it. Could, real quickly, what you, how important is that, and, and what do you select, and how do you prepare a pan? Um, it, it depends on what you're using for. Uh, the lighter uh, shade of uh, color of the pan is better. The darker, it's kind of a thin aluminum. Um, but it just depends on what you want to do. If you want to make a bun cake, an individual cake, um, so... And all that stuff, of course, is in the book. You, you outline it all. I want to come back and talk about the fine dining world and the craziness of doing desserts in fine dining right after this. This is David Ivey from Pub Crawl. It's funny because this is David from... You should, you should, no, you should just leave it on. Hi, I'm David Ivey from Pub Crawl, and you're watching the Vegas Video Network. And scene. Wow. See, and we didn't even get these in the shop before. These Those are... just arrived. So they're... Um... Oh, I'm sorry. We're back. But we're going to eat. We're pigging out. I'm going to gain some weight now. So those are custom-made um, bonbons. 
and similar to what I've done in the past, um, we've got a tequila lime one, which is awesome right there. So lots of layers of flavor, um, lime juice, lime zest, tequila, always seems like a good addition. One of these with balsamic vinegar in it, right? Yeah, there's a strawberry balsamic, which is great. So I always Which like one's to, that? I got uh, This one right it. here. Because I like savory stuff in desserts. And I try to... Uh, uh, yeah, look, you, you go. got to pour there them all out like That's that. That's what dessert's about. Just, I just have fun and, yeah. Mm, that's great, though. So it's adding layers of flavor, some acidity, some, uh, some salt, just to kind of right. wake in the chocolate up. That's amazing. Tell us a few, a few other of these things. We as have well. a uh, chocolate Milky Way bar, so it's a nice layered tort right here. I had one of those today. This so it's kind of the chocolate great. lovers over the top uh, treat yourself. Yeah. I'm going to, again, do you mind if I just take oh, a bite? Uh, no, dessert is meant to be devoured. We can't even make it through the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. You really, it's crazy. You can't make it all the way through it in one bite. I want to ask you a bit about desserts in fine dining restaurants. It's probably the least intimidating, really, I need a napkin, the least intimidating thing in a fine dining restaurant. But there are still things that people get a little afraid of, I suppose. Um, I guess question number one, what's the deal with the souffles? Souffles are based on uh, whipping the egg whites and having the meringue hold. So they have to be done a la minute. So you need a... T- uh, the, 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 excuse me? Sorry. Um, they have to be done made to order. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'll It just sounds fancy. Yes. Um, so those have to be ordered 20 minutes in advance. And if you do it too far in advance, they start to drop. Right. So, so they're very temperamental. So if you know you're going to want a souffle, and a lot of restaurants, they'll tell you that. But sometimes right. they don't necessarily. If, if you've heard about a restaurant having a souffle and your waiter doesn't tell you, you may want to order it at the beginning of your right. meal, right? Usually they ask you if, uh, 20 minutes, say, in the entree if you want to order a souffle. Okay. Um, what about, um, when you, okay, you go into a fine dining restaurant now and, and you have your dessert and then you order, you, know, you pick out on your dessert, you get this death bite, whatever, or great light, even if you get something very light, which mm-hmm. I love that you do some great light desserts. And then you're done, and then they bring you over this tray of desserts. Yeah, more. Just, just to wrap it up, just a light, uh, the petit fours. Petit fours. So they're little uh, petite cakes to be the last bite of the night. Right. So sometimes they send you home with them, or you enjoy them in the restaurant. Yes. So it's that one last, one last send-off. And that means even if you don't order dessert, you're still going to get something you sweet get at the end of the night. You get a little something. Right, right. Which is cool. So petit fours. Petit fours. Uh-huh. Which is P-E-T-I-T? P-I-T. P-E-T-I-T, first word. Or, right. And then F-O-U-R-S? S. I don't know, my spelling's bad. I thank God there's spell check and, um, you know, Wikipedia and things like that exactly. where I'm able to get that information. Um, when, you dine, when you're dining and you're doing dessert, what kind of pairings do you do? Let's say you've had a wine pairing or even a beer pairing all through your meal. What types of beverages, and I have a follow-up, which is from a friend of mine on, um, on Facebook, but I just want to start in general. What types of beverages go best with what desserts? Because I'm one of these guys, and I don't know if it's just a bad cliche, but I believe a good port wine goes with chocolate, like just absolutely amazing. I, I, th- I think it does. A lot of people would say um, uh, the beverage should be sweeter than the dessert. And that kind of limits you to ports and very sweet things. But I, I think that a clean, crisp um, Riesling could work. I think a... Um, uh, a fruity red wine could work. I think it's your personal preference, but I don't think you have to be limited to the sickeningly sweet um, uh, cordials afterwards. But it isn't wrong to go with the sweet cordial no, with no, no, dessert no. or to go with, say, a, you know, an ice Riesling, which is a super sweet dessert wine. That- right. We used to, um, Stephen Geddes used to pair some uh, Austrian wines, which were nice. But I, I think it's a lot of personal taste and, you know, the fine dining. Um, 
reference. I mean, dessert's meant to be fun, and we have the opportunity to celebrate every occasion. Um, and you know, desserts look beautiful, but they're meant to be taken down and enjoyed. So um, I'm not a real stuffy person as far as what's the right thing to do. Uh, what somebody asked me on Facebook is, what's the strangest pairing someone has offered you with one of your desserts that you've ended up really enjoying? Um, uh, I don't know. Um, maybe a Cabernet, I guess. Um, I guess that's not too strange, but... Um, with? What did that go with? Uh, a mountain berry tea chocolate. Okay. Seemed to go well. When desserts come in an order in a tasting menu, it, it, it'll always go, you know, there's a set progression, and then you get your cheese, and then sometimes you get one or two desserts after the cheese. Do, do you go fruity dessert and then sickeningly sweet chocolate, or the other way around? Which I, I start light, and then, um, then get increasingly richer. Um, but I, I love, uh, sorbet is one of my favorite things. So I've given you some taste of sorbet at uh, the bakery. Um, we have a great ruby red grapefruit. I love that and fresh fruit. So in all honesty, when I go out, I typically go for the fruit because I think it's sometimes a more creative uh, way to present dessert. Great. Well, anyway, thanks so much for coming. Chocolate and Thank Spice, you. an incredible new bakery. The people of the Summerlin area should enjoy it. Uh, in the meantime, guys, keep remembering by my book, Eating Las Vegas. The 50 Essential Restaurants. Follow me um, on Twitter, Al Mancini Vegas. I'll be back next week. I think we will be talking. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong one. Damn, no wonder. Thank you. Talk at barbecue me. next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>